0: and this is our episode 100 and we're talking about two songs that we wrote that were very experimental kind of rough draft but they're in a tradition of um of a song that we wrote for dark ghost um we wrote a song called if love has no ceiling why is my heart on the floor and what we did with this is it's it's a live recording um and uh, sometimes we like to do live because we get the the feel of the of the of the moment, the kind of passion of what the idea of the song is, without thinking too much and overthinking it. And so then you have you know potentially timing changes, uh, missed notes, or but then you know sometimes the character of a song um, demands that you be more real and less um, produ- produced. And so. Yeah, I actually made a judgment call with this song. So this song is called On Girl's Epitaph. There's two versions, 1db and the original. The 1db has um, some vocal from some uh, sound compression utilities that I use to <coughs> adjust the sound. So the thing about this song <clears throat> that's going on with the song, it's polyrhythmic um, because what we do is we're using a, a Moog. Drummer from another ma- mother, a DFAM to do kind of a, um, we're using a tribal drum patch and we modified it to just kind of be kind of bass focused. Um, and so there's kind of a, an analog bass drum going going through the song. And then on top of it, we've got a um, Beatstep Pro <clears throat> running on a JDXI IEDM drum set. And it's running at like 30 beats per minute. 30 to 40 beats per minute to kind of match what's going on with what with, well, it doesn't actually match because it's a little off the beat there's some 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 uh, percussion coming from the EDM drum set that's kind of coming in a little off the beat and you know sometimes you want to do that when you're writing a song you have this kind of thing where you know sometimes the bass line's not going to be exactly on the beat or the drums going to be a little off uh you think about like the Who, uh, Keith Moon was always drumming, uh, kind of soloing through the whole thing. And he's not really a keep time drummer or, you know, and I kind of are very interested in that type of drumming. And so I'm less into the perfect drumming that you get from from a, a session drummer or like a Motown drummer. I mean, there's a need for that for certain songs, but when you're doing a kind of progressive rock or doing something that's a little more experimental, you can kind of play with that a little bit. And we we use click tracks, we use our drum machine. Uh, A lot of times, you know, it's pretty straight and we're not playing around. But the whole idea of the dark ghost tracks is kind of like this uh, in the ditch concept from Neil Young of having this very loose kind of time phase away, um, you know, on the beach, uh, tonight's the night. Those are very experimental, kind of loose, in the ditch, kind of falling apart type of song. So this song is inspired by that type of stuff. And so the piano part is, is initially pretty simple, it's, you know, a couple chord changes, but then it kind of it devolves in some places to like a solo that's a little off and goes on to the keys that are not the main key of the song. And that is kind of like a jazz kind of influence. I'm very inspired by like Sun Ra and Coltrane and a lot of jazz people not saying that I play at that level, but just as influences to like change it up. And that's a lot of what I like to do. I mean, I, I was recently given some tracks from an EDM artist. And one thing I am very critical of when I listen to a lot of electronic music is the overuse of click tracks, the overuse of just repetitive sequencing and uh, pitch corrections and key corrections within some of the DAWs that, to me, take the life out of a recording. And what also drives me crazy is when people tag their song with their name there's a reason why you can use copyright control but you if you're going to write a song you don't want somebody's name popping up five times say like if i said oh getting jones getting jones getting jones like six times in the song how are you supposed to actually write a, a real song now if you're writing a dance song maybe that doesn't matter uh but if you're trying to write a real song if you're and what I mean about real song is like, you know, songcraft craft going back to like Lennon McCartney or Dylan, they don't put their name in the track. And if you, anybody sends me a track like that, it's gonna get X'd out. Because that's not the way you write music. And if you think that is, you know, stay on your DAW and keep on writing that way. But you're never gonna write anything of any significance if it just has your tag on it. Um, You got to let that go and deal with the copyright when you publish. Um, That's my soapbox there. But, you know, if everybody doesn't like that, they fuck off because you're stupid as hell. Um, So, um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, maybe that offends people. But, yeah, good. I hope you're offended. And maybe you ought to think about what you're doing and maybe not do music. Um, So, you know, we're kind of aggressive today. But this song particularly... Uh, getting back to a song, is talking about uh, a particular um, woman that uh, Josephine knows that has, uh, you know, kind of played out her main line. She's been very excessive in her addiction, and now she's gone, and, you know, there's no way to get around it. She's kind of exed herself out. She's taken herself out of the game, and she's, you know, you overdosed or committed suicide through, through drugging. And the song is basically talking in, in those terms. Uh, it, it talks about her epilogue, it's her epitaph. It's, you know, she, you know she's gone. There's, a, you know, her main line. She overdid it. And yeah, that, that's what the whole vibe is. And what we did is we, we played with our VT4, our our vocal transformer. To create this uh, kind of a, like a kind of distance um, kind of vocal, it's not as high in the mix. The piano is kind of pushed up. It was a decision from an artistic standpoint. Um, so it makes it harder to kind of maybe, maybe decipher what Josephine is actually saying, and it makes you kind of just listen to it as a song. And then it's you know it's got the you know polyrhythmic. Beats come from the DFAM and the Beatstep Pro. They're a little bit um, disconcerting. And then within the background, there's some uh, modulation coming from an Archeria uh, Mini Brute 2S, running through a Maths module along with the Mother 32, running in a sequence, uh, running through a Math Module that so makes a lot of strange analog um, modulations in the background, which, is kind of our signature to our expansive sound we like to use the analog signal paths to create atmospheric sound paintings and that's what we call ourselves expansive sound experiments and these things are very much kind of point in time what what the instrument gives to us through our modulation kind of like uh, one of the reasons we use a hardware workflow is we like being able to play the knob per functions on these analog scents and use them like an artist uh, painting and uh, we layer a lot of things with these analog scents and sometimes they're point in time they're expressive to where my head's at at the time my machine is giving me what it gives me and in that way you know Moog uh, did mention back when he created the Moog that he felt they were performance instruments and they should be played live and so what we do with expansive sounds is we don't do a lot of uh, recording in a DAW and spend our time trying to perfect everything. Because what we're going for is artistic insp- inspiration and uh, exploration. And sometimes that's more in a free jazz kind of jam band format. There are some songs that we compose in a traditional way, you know, put down a metronome putting down a B, trying to stay on the same key doing things like that but that becomes to me oppressive when the kind of artist i am i like to experiment you know that's the name of my 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 label we, i feel better when i actually put a song together and it just kind of comes to me from the ether and i'm not struggling to you know on a daw trying to create a project like a programmer. Uh, I think if you, when you're a musician and you're acting like a programmer, I don't know if that's as much being a musician as being a producer. Um, And that that can be two different things. And uh, you, you could say some producers, they have artistic capability and they are musicians. But I like to write my music by actually playing the keys and playing the instruments and then using that result to make the song. And I will go back and, and take ideas and, and flush them out and, and you know refine things when I feel like it needs that kind of uh, definition. But sometimes there are statements that come out, like this one, where if I go to refine this song, it's yeah. not going to capture what the feeling was at the moment. And maybe I will, because sometimes I do. But this particular song is kind of like, uh, like I said, I go back to, uh, if love has no ceiling, why is my heart on the floor? I've never really been able to go back to that song and, and redo it. Cause it was a very experimental. We used a backward tape loop through the, the morphogene. We had a lot of uh, modulations that were probably way beyond now that we did with CV. Uh, it was like a feeling, it was, I was feeling a lot of loss from a relationship that kind of fell apart. And I was using that as an inspiration. And that was like a point in time of where I hit my head was at. And, um, If I try to go back and do it to make it perfect or refine it, I will actually lose the feeling that inspired the song because my head's not there anymore. My heart's not there anymore. And it will just become a tedious exercise of trying to match or correct things that maybe shouldn't be corrected. And I think people ought to think about how musicians used to record in the studio and that the happy accidents of um, being in a studio and suddenly getting inspiration at three o'clock in the morning, or, you know, because somebody had a fight or something happened and they, they approach what they're doing at that time on the tape. And they're like, Oh, that's what we want. You know, that's the feeling we want. And to me, music is a lot about feelings and not about exactly being pitch corrected or note corrected or, you know, tone corrected um, I think people need to get back to the base uh, to make music that's more exciting and, and inviting you like if really if you look at a guy like Earl Sweatshirt, you listen to solace I mean solace is not something that you, you know in a daw you'd probably be told you know you would there's a lot of stuff that would be always oh, got a pitch correct this got to change that it's an expressive artistic statement if he's feeling a lot of lost being vulnerable and it's it's amazing it's kind of like what i said with the ditch in the ditch trilogy from a hip-hop voice perspective has a lot that that's in common with tonight's tonight or time fades away and that's why i very key in on earl sweatshirt because he's very uh, experimental he's not willing to just let a producer try to control him if you go back to like doris it seems like yeah man doris he was allowing other people to kind of control where he was going. Uh, But with I I don't like shit, I don't go outside. You see, you start to see his real artistic capabilities on his new album, some rap songs, songs that have been released are phenomenal in their structure, in their ambition, and their goal to not sound like everything else. And I think a lot of people can learn from that, that you shouldn't, trying to sound like what's the latest hit you shouldn't try to keep yourself in the constraints of a DAW you should use a DAW as a tool as an instrument and then you know use it to maybe refine an idea but not be the thing that controls the idea Uh, that's my opinion so I'm on my soapbox again about that because I'm very critical of DAWs I think they uh you're taking the life out of the music industry in some ways, um, especially electronic music. I think people are just focused on clear sound and they're losing the kind of indie quality of music. If you go back, you listen to the Velvet Underground. You listen to like REM. You listen to Replacements. You listen to Who's Du. Even listen to an album like you know, Joy Division. Uh, you know, do there's something about recording in the old-fashioned way that allows you to have uh, innovation uh, and new ideas. And if you get stuck in, in, in the DAW, uh, I feel sorry for you about that. Um, OK, so th- that's all we have today. And um, we're going to be talking to several people in the next couple of days on Anchor. We do have our Jess Davis interview out there. And we we did get to talk to her about a lot of cool things. The fact that she's going to be on the Marvel's The Punisher season two. She's got a a really awesome movie um, out there called Clay, which I don't know if it's fully distributed, but you look for it when it gets out there. Um, And she has a clothing line in New York. You got to check it out. And we're very excited about CIN, CIN Pals. They're going to be coming back on uh they are our, our official sponsor we're going to talk to them uh campaign to help the homeless for the holidays and we're going to be on their platform. we're a paid sponsor and we're able to um, set up something so we're going to be setting stuff up there and probably talking about our facebook live uh shows there um for for people who join on that that different tier of family like the ghost dance because they have to pay to be on that platform um but you get verified and um, there's some cool opportunities when we start doing shows uh, to, to really have our fans are, that are really into trying to meet the ghost actually be able to meet us in a, in a good way that we've got you verified and we don't feel uh, iffy about it. So that's a cool platform for fans to get to know each other and kind of get together and, and know that they're checked out and you know, for artists to know that people are, are in a good position So yeah, check out CIN pals. They're a sponsor of the Ghost, and uh, we're gonna be talking to them again shortly. Talk to you all later. Thanks.